Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And you guys, if you are feeling isolated, if you're feeling like you don't have a tribe of women, like-minded people to really help you transcend from where you are right now into the person that you know you are being called to be, or maybe you're getting that soul calling and you're not quite answering it yet and it's turning more into a scream and it's starting to make you feel even more awful than the thought of facing the fear around doing that actual thing. If you're in any of these positions, you have to join me this year at The Bliss Project. It is March 2nd through the 4th in Newport Beach, California, and it is going to be a life 
changing weekend. If you've been wanting to bust through your fears and really meet a like-minded tribe of people, this is exactly where you must be. If you're feeling called to this, I want you to go check it out at theblissproject.info right now. It's also in the show notes. And who is this event for? You guys, I really want to get clear on if you're feeling called to it, I want to make sure that you know what is going to go on there. So if you have always had a desire to do something big, but you've always been afraid to follow through, if you feel like you don't have the tools or the expertise to take the next step, if you wish you had that tribe of supportive people, if you're ready to take that next step into the next level, but you have no idea what that's even supposed to look like, or if you just want to feel more fully alive each day. And this is absolutely for you if you want a deeper connection and understanding in your relationships, if you want to become more fulfilled in your own job that you have right now and in daily tasks, if you want to know the true desires of your soul. And if you're ready to enjoy the journey just as much as the destination. And truly, if you are feeling called to expand your spiritual connection, we're going to be doing some incredible exercises, meditations. We have some awesome teachers who are going to come in and really give you the space to understand what that feels like for you. Because for everyone, it's so different. But to be able to do it together uh, makes you feel even more connected than you've ever felt before. So if you're interested in meditation, if you want to create a solid foundation for all of your goals and dreams to be built on, or if you just need a mental reset, a confidence booster, and to really own your own personal power, you guys, this is the place that you want to be. So there are still some tickets left, but they sell out fast. You guys in this year will be the best bliss project that we've ever done. We have a really amazing team working on it. And we're adding so many more things than we have ever done in prior years, because I know that when I get the opportunity to put epic women into a room, I want magical things there so that you guys can truly have the tools to create your own amazing transformation and experiences. And you guys, what happens there is nothing short of miraculous. So if you're ready to create your transformation, if you're ready to step in, if you're ready to have your tribe, this is where you want to be. And I hope that you join us and that I get to meet you and hug you and see you there. So theblissproject.info. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And today I am thrilled and honored to have Kelly Levesque on the show. She is a celebrity nutritionist and wellness expert. She's also a best-selling author. Before starting her consulting business, Be Well by Kelly, she worked in the medical field for Fortune 500 companies like J&J, Stryker, and eventually moving into personalized medicine, offering tumor gene mapping and molecular subtyping to oncologists. Wow. She received her bachelor's degree from the University of Southern California and completed her postgraduate clinical education at UCLA and UC Berkeley. Kelly's clients list include Jessica Elba, Chelsea Handler, Kate Walsh, and Emmy Rossum. Guided by a practical and always optimistic approach, Kelly helps clients improve their health, achieve their goals, and develop sustainable habits to live a healthy and balanced life life. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband. You guys, I'm so thrilled that you get to listen in on this incredible conversation. And there is no doubt why she has created and manifested so much success in her life because of the human being that she is and how she shows up in the world. So let's get started. Kelly, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's such a pleasure to finally chat with you, Lori. I feel like it's, I, we've just been circling each other for months. Uh, you know, I, yeah. we were just talking before we hit record and I literally have heard your name through so many people that I was like, that's it. I have to, I must know this woman. So it's always so much fun to have a podcast because it's like this amazing excuse to sit down with somebody and talk for an hour. Like you get to learn so much about someone. So I'm really excited about this and excited for the audience to get to know you even better. So for people who maybe don't know who you are yet, could you share a bit about your story and how you started doing what you're doing now? Sure. Um, so I guess I'd have to take you back to high school. Let's do my, it. <laughs> Let's go I'm, back. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a California girl, born and raised in Orange County, and um, grew up pretty active, played soccer, 
surfed, snowboarded. Um, my favorite class in high school was health. And it lit this fire underneath me to start to want to know more about biology and nutrition. And I started reading diet books at a really young age. So Atkins, Mediterranean diet, and then into college, the China study. And, and then I kind of found myself down a rabbit hole reading books that a lot of people haven't read, like Lights Out, Sleep, Sugar, and Survival, and Gluten Freedom, and, and more scientific books by MDs and PhDs. And it was crazy because I went to USC and probably my favorite class, absolutely my favorite class there was Nature of Human Health and Disease. But when I was in school, um, in college, which was over 10 years ago, being an RD and being a nutritionist wasn't very popular. Mm. It wasn't like a big career then. And I feel like now there are so many young girls that I see on Instagram that are like, RD to be, nutritionist to be. Um, so I actually had an eight-year career in cancer and genetics mm. where I paired my love of biology with the business side of things and training and would train oncologists in the newest genetic technology that they could use to help treat their patients. So we were mapping the genome of tumors, the breast cancer tumors, to determine which chemotherapy agents and which, um, you know, which type of treatment would work best and be most efficacious for that patient. So it was definitely deep into the research. I had to read um, studies every single day and understand and be up to date on the newest um, female cancer, you know, research. Mm -hmm. And so eight years of that. Um, and I still in the back of my mind would always like look up going back to school for nutrition and what would that look like and and telling my friends at parties what to eat or how to lose a couple pounds and, and I was a girl like drinking green smoothies and you know telling people that they should be taking magnesium at night like 10 years ago so um fast forward and in 2012 uh, one of my best friends was like what are you doing this is just getting annoying. You need to go back and just at least make it a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I did a health coaching program and was able to, you know, start seeing clients after a year. And I saw clients for about a year and a half or two years after that. Um, and then decided to go back to UCLA and Berkeley for my postgraduate nutrition training. And in September of 2015, I took my business full time. And in January of 2016, I got my book deal with Harper Collins. Mm. So since then, I would say it has been a wild ride. <laughs> so really only two years full time in September. Um, and my book came out in June of this year. It's called Body Love. And it's all about like living in balance and learning how to balance blood sugar without having to count or track or do calories or macros or keto or paleo or whole 30. Um, I'm really trying to ditch the drama and get rid of the rules and have people intuitively eat, but in a way that they're intuitively eating based on healthy choices. Cause I think, you know, if you have a bagel and your blood sugar spikes and crashes, you're going to intuitively want like a cookie versus <laughs> like scrambled eggs or a protein shake. Um, so if we can make those healthy choices early in the day, how that can perpetuate healthy eating throughout the rest of the day. So that's kind of my mission. Um, I see clients all day long. So, um, I'm a, I have one-on-one -on -one clients and I'm, a nutritionist full time. And I'm just trying to share recipes and things outside of the book online, just so people have resources. I mean, I'm not a chef, but I try my best. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what day in the life looks like for me. Mm, I love that. And I even love that you're not a chef because it actually helps us so much say that we don't have to be in order to live this lifestyle. Because a lot of times, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming when you're like, okay, well, that's great, but they can make all of this healthy food taste amazing because they're a chef. So I actually love that you're navigating as well. And I come from a, a fitness background where we can get, you can get, when I say we, <laughs> you in general, just as women, as human beings, it's really easy to fall into that idea of what worked for us once will work forever. Do you see that a lot with trying to break habits of people? Yeah, no, there, we definitely can get stuck in a rut and think that something works for us. Like, you know, obviously if you do a low fat, low calorie diet, it might pull some weight off your body, but optimally like 
that's not nutritious now. You're not absorbing um, fat-soluble vitamins. You're not absorbing your phytonutrients and antioxidants. And you have to be willing to change. And that's one thing that like, I always guarantee my clients is as things as the research comes out, I had to pivot a number of times in my cancer and genetics career because new research would prove something different and we wouldn't have more information. And what I will say is we're at the tippy top of the iceberg when it comes to nutritional knowledge, just because the funding for nutrition research is, it's coming in from like big businesses. You're going to see it from, you know, the soy association and the corn association and the wheat association and, um, you know, big agriculture business and the milk, uh, organization or whatever it is. And it's, you know, you just have to be really aware that, it's really hard to do to do unbiased nutrition research because when you think about it, you're basically saying like, if you eat X, you'll have a lower chance of heart disease. Or if you add Y, you're going to have better brain health. And unfortunately, it's like every single person in that study is different genetically. They have a different microbiome, how they're eating and what, what else they're eating and the lifestyle they have. Are they working out? Are they sleeping well? Do they drink alcohol? You know, you can't control everyone like a lab rat. And so I think it's just important to kind of go back to that way of eating that's really natural, which is like, you know, where are your fruits and vegetables? Where are your healthy proteins? Where are your nuts and seeds? Where's the fiber? And like, forget about the news article that's like coconut oil is going to kill you or turmeric is going to make you young and just put <laughs> these things as like tools to say, Oh, that's interesting. Instead of changing your whole life based on something that just comes out. So I don't know. I, I, I look at things, everything with a grain of salt and I just try to make help my clients, whoever they are, whatever, however they like to eat, just elevate their choices left and right. I love that. And I'm really all about trying to figure out intuitive eating. And like you said, there's so many things that go into play with it. Because if I'm tired, I'm like, no, I intuitively really want starches and carbs right now. Yeah. <laughs> Mass quantities of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is there is there an exercise that you kind of do around getting really clear on what it is that you actually need for yourself? Yeah. Um, I talk about it in my book and there's like bio individuality, but there's there's also bio community and what our cells like dumbing it down to what you, what do your cells need? Like, Mm -hmm. what do you need? Well, you absolutely need essential amino acids, whether you're vegan or paleo Mm -hmm. and that's from protein. You absolutely need essential fatty acids and that's going to be your omega threes and omega six, you know, all of, all of those. Mm -hmm. And then you absolutely need antioxidants and phytochemicals from like non-starchy vegetables that are full of fiber. And I would say that you really need like leafy greens. Mm -hmm. So um, like the spinach, arugula, kale, whatever it is that you like, even herbs that they contain a sulfur-based sugar that feeds your probiotic bacteria and really um, keeps you well. And so those are like my pillars of what you need. And I think it's a light structure so that anyone, no matter what you know, how they're eating can get this base of nutrition. And then from there, they can decide, well, am I a person who does well with starches? Can I have the squash and the sweet potato and the quinoa and the rice without it impacting my blood sugar drastically? And that really comes down to someone's microbiome. Like I might have a piece of pizza and you might have a piece of pizza, but depending on our gut bacteria, our blood sugar spike and the use of that glucose is different depending on, you know, you might lift more weights or heavier weights than I do, which might make your, you know, your muscles more insulin sensitive. You might have better stores of omega-3, which also would help you to decrease your blood sugar more than mine. Um, you might have better gut bacteria that ferments that sugar down before it even enters your blood sugar or your bloodstream. So there are so many pieces of the pie when it comes to then taking it to an individual level. But I always say like your base of nutrition should be what your cells need. And then from there, you can decide, am I cool with dairy or not? Am I good with starch or not? If I eat sugar, do I crave it and have to have it every single day for the rest, you know, the next 10 days? Then we just like kind of go into, well, what are you about and what works for you? Mm. So there's certain certain things things that when you have have a client come to you and they keep on finding that they're struggling with the same thing over and over, maybe it is, you know, something that I hear all the time is, 
Um, you know, I think that I'm just not good with carbs. When I eat carbs, I immediately gain weight or things like that, that you can kind of look at, or do you test different things all the time? Yeah, no, I mean, there's some, there's some base stuff that I look for. Like, um, so whenever anyone gets like a blood panel done at their OBGYN or their internist, I, I look at any of their, any of the, like the last blood panels within the last six months. Cause I'm looking for deficiencies, like a vitamin D deficiency or B12 or B6, that's going to affect like weight loss and weight gain. You know, have they been on antibiotics recently? And then we kind of go through day in the life of them. So it'll be like, okay, Lori, why don't you run me through what day in the life of you looks like? Like what time does your alarm go off? You know, do you drink water? Do you drink coffee? Do you go to a workout? Do you open your computer right away? How's your stress? Then what? What do you eat? When's the witching hour happen at three or four <laughs> o'clock when you're like cookies? Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> really just depends on the person. And so we'll go through the whole day. And then depending on the client, if I think there might be any issues with food intolerances or if there's, for example, someone has joint pain or migraines, then we might do some type of an elimination diet. If someone has a deadline for a red carpet, we might use a little bit of intermittent fasting a couple of days a week, but I do it a little differently. I have people eat breakfast, eat lunch, and finish eating by like four or four forty-five. Mm. Um just because I think it's a little bit less emotional um <laughs> than trying to be like white knuckling it until two PM and then hoping that you don't eat your whole cabinet or fridge. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> So, but I use things like uh, glucometers, which is what diabetics use. And sometimes I'll prescribe that to a client um, just to kind of understand how their, what their fasting blood sugar is. We'd start there. And so they'd prick themselves every morning and look for a good fasting blood sugar number, which, you know, my sweet spot is somewhere between 75 and 83. Um, Because if someone's coming up high, like their fasting blood sugar is anywhere between 90 and 100, right there, they've doubled their chances for Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've also, they're going to have increased cravings for sugar and carbohydrates the whole rest of that day. Mm -hmm. That means that they're not metabolizing the sugar from the day before. And they're probably, you know, craving more of that because of, you know, an inability to metabolize that. And they might not, you know, have a very active lifestyle. They might be afraid to lift weights. I mean, there's so many things involved there. Um, but, but we'll start to work to make sure that their blood sugar is balanced. And once I get someone balanced and eating like the fab four, which is my protein, fat, fiber, and greens and understanding how to use fat to feel full instead of starch and how to use like leafy greens and, um, and all of that, then I'll, then we'll start to look at, well, where are the cravings now? Because I think it's hard when someone first comes to me, whatever lifestyle they're living, they might feel like I could never go into a workout fasted or I could never not snack or I'm never going to be able to get over my late night eating habit. And I think, yeah, when your blood sugar is all over the place, it's really hard to say no to the things like cookies in the break room or whatever. But if I have you balanced and satisfied, then you really start to know what you can and can't do. And so it really, it really depends on the client, but you know, I always start with my smoothie because it's, it's worked for a long time. And what that is, is like a protein powder of choice, fat of choice, fiber like chia or flax, and then a big, you know, a couple hands of leafy greens. And that for the most part keeps people full for four to six hours. And then we find that they're making healthier choices at lunch. And then we kind of work our way through the day instead of saying, Oh, Lori, perfect. Mm -hmm. Here's your eat and do not eat list. And here's how I want you to eat for the whole day. And Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that last three days and then you, you fail. Mm -hmm. So just like little, little changes that then become habits. And then we can work on the second third of the day or the third third of the day to really make you efficient at eating clean. Oh, totally. It's amazing what happens when you feel more satisfied like that, just your decisions in your entire life. It's so funny because, you know, if, if you remember back before, maybe you learned about eating balanced. It's like, it's really easy to talk about that diet. You want to go in on Monday when you're like stuffed from the pizza you just ate five minutes ago. You're like, yes, this is what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> as soon as that food burns off, you're like, I'm starving and I'm crabby. And um, yeah, so it's really powerful to finally get food in your body that can actually make you feel satiated. And it is possible. So I, that's kind of what I want to talk about because I am from, I grew up in the Midwest. I was told my entire life that I was going to be overweight like all of my family and that it was genetics, like that I would constantly battle genetics. And I told that story to myself for so long and it can still once in a while creep in, you know, if I'm ever struggling with something and I'm like, okay, let's reframe, let's reset, let's really look at what we've been eating. So for people who maybe feel that right now, who are kind of stuck in that cycle or that story, um, do you have people that come to you and where do you begin with that? Absolutely. I think, um, mindset, is everything because the minute you think and, and and I have a family history of obesity as well on my dad's side my mom is twigator and so is my middle sister but <laughs> I'm one of three girls and two of us got the short end of the stick and it's always been effort and I've always been working at you know being my fighting weight and um and there is a difference between wanting to be the weight I weighed in high school because I was this height and being like my curvy fit weight that you can easily stay at if you eat healthy consistently and work out consistently and sleep well consistently and try to manage stress mm. because you don't want to starve and try to hold yourself at an unattainable weight. You have to learn to love yourself at your fit weight. Mm. And so whenever I work with clients, it's all about mindset. It's about believing in yourself and giving it a shot, giving yourself a shot to be consistent. Mm. I can think of a client that I just talked to yesterday who, when she came to me, had a significant amount of weight to lose. We had, you know, she wanted to lose 30 pounds, which is a, da a pretty daunting number. And it's been seven months and she's lost 10 pounds. Mm. And she used to be a yo-yo dieter. And I think when we're told that we're going to be overweight, then we jump on diets right away and we try to use them as much as possible. And when we got on the call, she was discouraged. Mm. And I said, you know what? We need to change the mindset though, because it's, we've only been working together. It's not even been a full year. You're down 10 pounds. You haven't gone up. Mm. You've plateaued at certain points and you've gone down and you've maintained it and you've never felt once felt starving, unsatisfied, or like you couldn't have a glass of wine with your husband or celebrate on a holiday and you knew and have the tools that aren't diets, that isn't this really drastic overcorrection into a juice cleanse that you can just easily say, okay, well, I'm going to go a little bit lower carb tomorrow. Maybe going to have a, just a big green smoothie in the morning and maybe like a, a big salad for lunch and some kind of, you know, healthy protein for dinner. And I'm going to finish dinner a little bit earlier. Maybe you're done at five o'clock and I put myself to bed early. And then all of a sudden, whoops, you know, there we go. The, the holiday weight is gone. And, mm. and I explained to her, I'm like, think about it. I want you to reframe it. You have spent the last 10 years going up 20 pounds, down 35, up 15, down 10. And what ends up happening later in life is we lose that motivation and concentration and commitment to a diet and our diets fail earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we used to be able to do it for a whole month and now we're, you know, barely squeezing in two weeks. And I'm like, look at this. If in seven or eight more months, you're down another 10 pounds and you've stayed there and that's your new set weight, how would you feel? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I saw her light, her face light up because it isn't about how quickly we can pull the weight down. And there are so many diets that do that you know, go ahead and do the cabbage soup diet, go do a juice cleanse, do a liquid diet. I mean, it's totally heartbreaking for me to see some of these YouTubers that are like, I'm starting my juice cleanse again for the next, you know, 200 days, and I'm going to lose 80 pounds. And then all of a sudden, the next year, they're, they've put, you know, half or more of that back on over a holiday season, and then they're starting it again. And it's like, what deprivation and you have all these hormones in your body that are like, nope, sorry, your set weight is way back up there. When it's gradual mm -hmm. and when it's loving and body love and self-love like type choices, then we're talking real change. We're talking real lifestyle change. And, you know, I saw that with one of my, in, like I had a client who was dealing with infertility and PCOS and it was really like getting her blood sugar under control, getting her insulin sensitivity up, getting her to be you know, she's a creative graphic designer mm. up at, up until three in the morning. I'm like, this needs to stop sister. Oh, you need to be yeah. sleeping with, you know, getting up with the sun, 
sleeping when it's dark and do, you know, that circadian rhythm and stress hormones can really affect all of that too. So it's really just like working on a lifestyle and it's, I mean, it's exciting that, you know, that was a, a, you know, it took us a year and a half to get her lifestyle in check and she's pregnant. So mm, like that is super powerful for me and, and that's why I do what I do. Mm. So many things so many- that you just said are, you know, for people, it's, it's like we grow up hearing and learning and seeing certain things and then it can feel so counterintuitive. Like I remember just really eating when, you know, maybe I felt like, oh, this is too much or maybe I'm eating too little or I'm eating too much of this or that. But, you know, it's like we continue these cycles of beating ourselves up because we relate or I used to, this is a lot of speaking from how I was raised, um, relating that pain meant that you were doing it right, right? Like deprivation, okay, this must be right if I'm hungry, this must be right if I'm not feeling good, okay, these are all the familiar feelings. But everything that you've explained, there's ways to get there without ever feeling that. So how do you balance when women come to you in that mode? Because I hear it all the time. It's like that sabotage point, right? It's like that point between sticking to it and going back to the cycle. There's that space in between. So how do you kind of talk those people off the ledge? Yeah. Well, I think, I think I really just share a lot of science that can be eye-opening for them. So, you know, I think back in the day when it was low fat calorie counting, you know, juice only cabbage soup only just high protein, low carb. There's no satisfaction in a boiled chicken breast and steamed broccoli. No, like there just isn't. And it's so there sad. Are, yeah. <laughs> and, and I talk about it in my book and I really talk about it with my clients. Like if you don't have fat, there's a hormone called cholecystokinin and that's your satiety hormone. It's not even released with broiled, you know, boiled, broiled chicken and, and steamed broccoli. Like it's, you need the fat to release cholecystokinin and, and, protein and veggies and having the actual stretching of your stomach. So when people go buy all of these like mini Tupperwares that are going to make them eat the right portion sizes, it's like, well, it really kind of depends on your stomach. If you've been eating big, you know, cheesecake factory portions for the last three years and you're trying to go down to like one ounce of nuts, like it's going to hurt. And so there's this gradual change in that. And so I use science to kind of explain, okay, well, here's, let's talk about blood sugar and let's talk about insulin. Cause there are a couple of hormones that when they're flowing through your body can really put people in a place of weight gain and that's insulin and that's cortisol. Mm. So insulin follows carbohydrates. Um, and excess insulin follows like fast carbohydrates, like crackers, cookies, cakes, juice, all of that. And when you have stuff like that, it immediately turns to blood sugar and the hormone that manages blood sugar is insulin. So it's going to go pick up that sugar and it's going to store it in your body, put a little bit in your liver, put a little bit in your muscles. There's no space left there. Blood sugar still has to come down and it's going to store as fat. So, but the kicker there is insulin is a hormone. It's a chemical messenger that tells your body to store fat. And you look at type two diabetics that actually end up needing, or even type one diabetics that need to use insulin. And the weight gain comes with the insulin. It doesn't come with as much with the food that they're eating if they're managing their food correctly. So it's crazy because depending on your ability to clear insulin, like insulin can last in your bloodstream from pancakes at IHOP for six to eight hours. Mm -hmm. And so that basically means from you know, 6am at IHOP pancake hour, you're not burning fat until 2pm. And by the way, your blood sugar went up and came down by 9am and you're white knuckling it and starving for carbohydrates and sugar between nine and two. So I try to work a different way and say like, how can I make it so your body isn't screaming at you to eat? How can I make it so you're in this mode of like, let's burn, let's, you know, um, use our own body fat for fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kind of, I play a little bit with getting people fat adaptive and being able to burn fat. I play a little bit with carb cycling. I play a little bit with intermittent fasting, but depending on the client, it's always about what I think they're going to be the most successful at. Mm-hmm. If I have a mom who is making dinner for her kids at 5 PM, her husband comes home at eight and she always waits for him. My first recommendation for her is to eat with her kids and be done eating. Mm-hmm. And have a cup of tea when her husband comes home, sit down at the table with him, chat with him about his day. Um, 
but because that right there is going to benefit her for, you know, calming that insulin before she even gets in bed or right after a few hours after she's sleeping. And then all of a sudden we're burning fat or maybe for someone else, it's like, okay, where can we put a carb around a, a you know, workout? So you feel good. And like, you're, you don't ever want to feel like you're dieting, but it isn't derailing you. It's, mm-hmm. it's fueling you. So it really depends on the person, but I like to use the science to motivate people. Because I think when you, instead of saying like, I don't want you to have toast ever again, or you're never going to have a bagel again. So then all of a sudden you're like, where's a Noah's bagels? Mm. Like, I think I feel like that. Instead I say, okay, well you can, it's not off limits. You can have it. You just understand, okay, insulin's going to fill my body. It might not be out of me till two. It might be a little harder to say, you know, to say no to other sweets and, and, you know, other things in the house, what can I do? Well, probably around 9am, I pump you full of a pro I give you like one of my fab four protein shakes, or I tell you to have lunch a little bit earlier. And I would say then dinner, I would probably make it low carb so that you're pulling that insulin out of your bloodstream. And then it's a choice. It's not a cheat. That's so helpful because I, and I love, I love science. I mean, I don't really know who doesn't love it. Just learning and the more self-aware you are, the, the more successful you are in life. Because I I love just learning about the science of mindset. It's like, oh, I'm not going to think that negative thought if it's attacking my cells and my body. There's a little bit more motivation there. Like it's all about pumping up the motivational end so that you can tap into that. Because sometimes if you're not seeing it, if you're not seeing it, it's kind of like it doesn't exist. You're like, well, I don't really know what it's doing anyway. So whatever. It's just like that game of guess and check. So I love the awareness that you bring in around everything and talking about that. You talk a lot about the side effects of food, whether it's drama or mood, stress, things like that. So what are some of the main things that you see that people think are maybe personality traits that they end up finding out is or was related to the food they were eating? Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. I think, um, you know, uh, dysglycemia, which is uh, uncontrolled blood sugar, where blood sugar goes high and then crashes to a hypoglycemic state, and then you're eating to bring it back up, that's going to cause that three or four o'clock hour to be really daunting because mm. you have just ridden Montezuma's Revenge or whatever roller coaster <laughs> you're picturing yourself on. And by the time three o'clock rolls around, not only are you full of insulin, your, your energy is going to follow that blood sugar curve too. And I mean, watch out, you're, you're getting the Frappuccino and whatever is in that glass window at Starbucks. And so if I see that type of person and they're like, I'm a, I'm a sugarholic, I love when I get that in my, in my intake forms or, you know, I, if I see someone who is driving off of caffeine and not eating all day and then overeating late at night and can't believe that they, they they barely eat any calories. Their metabolism must be broken. And I, and I look at that and I go, you're, you're, you're basically riding on adrenaline all day long. And the release of adrenaline causes the release of cortisol and it causes your liver to dump blood sugar, glycogen, break it down into glucose and put glucose into your bloodstream. So if you're a caffeineaholic and you're using coffee all day long, it's basically like you're eating carbs all day long mm. if you're overreactive. So I'll see something like that and say, okay, I know this sort of sucks for you. And it's not going to be real fun to kind of pull back on the caffeine, but we got to start to limit this. And I I need you to eat something at a certain point in time because, or I need you to mix your caffeine with a really high dense form of fat, like a bulletproof coffee style. Maybe you're putting coconut oil in your coffee to lower your body's reaction to caffeine because fat can slow down the metabolism of caffeine and that can help with adrenaline and cortisol. So for people who feel completely like they're leaning on caffeine, are there ways that you kind of wean off to use tea or is it just kind of, again, although that's a really big motivation when people realize, <laughs> when people realize that what they're doing with caffeine is, uh, could be detrimental, but have yeah. you, did you have something that you've done? Have you ever in your life been totally addicted to caffeine? I love caffeine, Lori. <laughs> I do too. That's why I'm like, tell me, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really hard. It's really hard. I, um, I get into rhythms just like any, anyone else. Everything's pretty cyclical for me. So, I mean, I just got off a six month book tour, so there was more caffeine than necessary. (laughs) Um, and I just kind of went with it. 
And then you realize, oh my goodness, like I am leaning on this too much. I need to switch the afternoon coffee to a green tea and then I need to wean it to, to an herbal and I need to not get up and just have coffee and try to try to hammer through to lunch. And how can I get myself maybe, you know, some fat in that coffee or some eggs on the side or a blood sugar balancing smoothie to really kind of balance my body out instead of just going on adrenaline. And Mm -hmm. there've been periods of time where I've had to pull back and I'm like, I'll notice that I've just gone too far and I'll go, uh, I'm going to take a month or two off of coffee. I'm just going to do a little bit of green tea or matcha and, and get to a place where when I go back to coffee, it isn't two or three times a day. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of been my thing. I really have pulled back on coffee in the afternoon. Um, so that's something that I've been able to kick um, since I got home from my book tour, which hasn't been very long, but it's always hard the first time around because you're like, that just sounds so good right now. Um, but knowing the science and reminding myself of the science is always what it's always what gets me excited and then ha- seeing the inputs. So, you know, if you're not getting good sleep because you're drinking caffeine in the afternoon and you think it doesn't affect you and then you get off of it and you get some good sleep and you aren't over eating your dinner because you didn't, you know, you didn't crash from the caffeine, then all of a sudden you start to maybe you're jumping on a scale or you're putting your jeans on and they feel a little bit looser and that can be super motivating. Or you see that your skin looks brighter. It's like always looking for those positive reinforcements from the choices that you're making. They don't always have to be related to weight, but you know, how vibrant do you look? And I love that really focusing on the good stuff because a lot of times it's like so many people or in the past I've been like, well, this is not, this isn't here yet or I don't have this goal yet, but really focusing on the little things. And now I've learned it's it's the long game that is so important. It's like, yes, the tiny wins are usually even better than when things happen quickly because that means, you know, that you you might actually be making this a habit and a lifestyle. It's really hard in the beginning to be like, wow, there might be a day when I may not lean on this at night, or I may not lean on this coffee. And that's a really exciting thought. So what's something that you think is the biggest myth that maybe is always on your intake forms or that you, you tend to run, run into with people? Um, well, I think that this smoothie craze and acai bowl craze and the kombucha craze and the juice craze. Mm. I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm. Like if it tastes sweet and yummy, it's probably (laughs) causing a surge of blood sugar, the release of insulin. And, you know, I think people get real excited about the benefits of something and then write it off as it not being, you know, it being really good for you. Mm. And unfortunately, when I see these smoothies that have like a banana, a pear and an apple, or they have a banana, a mango and a date, or they're using coconut nectar and they're like, it's healthy. I'm like, it's sugar. Like I, you know, make the choice, understand that it's sugar. It's not a healthy choice to start your day with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had some backlash. I've had some people obviously pretty upset. There's fruitarians out there that aren't my biggest fan because (laughs) I'm like, guys, we, you know, there's only so much room in your liver to metabolize fructose, you know, for most people that's less than 10 grams. And you're having three pieces of fruit in a smoothie. It's closer to 25 grams. Well, if your fructose doesn't fit in your liver, what, what happens? Well, it's got to store as fat. So, you know, don't set yourself up for disappointment and understand the science because the science will always set you free and it will always allow for you to have a little bit of fun when you want to have it and know how to make little changes to autocorrect so it doesn't stick on your waistline or affect you know you to the point where you need some drastic change or cleanse or diet and you know that's kind of what I'm trying to get people off of like I talk a lot about a pendulum ball. You know, you have people that like go to Mexico and have so much fun and, you know, <laughs> quesadillas and guac and margaritas and chips. And then they get back and freak out and they do something so, so drastic. And that pendulum ball swings all the way to the other side and they try to be really diligent on on that and they use all their willpower. And, and it's really more about like mental willpower in this space. And if you could just like free up your mind and instead of swinging so drastically back and forth, just like allow yourself to have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And then 
enrich your life and add to your life. Maybe I'll add a workout when I get home. Maybe I'll do some green smoothies for the week when I get home for breakfast. Maybe I will, you know, set an earlier bedtime for the week we get back from Mexico to kind of just like naturally pull off whatever puff I've put on, right? Instead of freaking out and going crazy. And the, the more we can bring that pendulum ball closer to that midline and just bounce off of it, I think that's balance. I think too many times I write my in my journal, do my meditation, you know, like mm. do everything I have scheduled for the day. And I'm like, whoa, I'm already overwhelmed. Like I'm going to, I'm going to mess that up at like task two. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like setting those attainable goals and just really flowing and bouncing off of what feels like your norm balance to me more than trying to have your ball stop and try to be perfect because that's not balance. And that's you really in an unemotional space because you're too focused on the food. You're not connecting with the people that you're with and you're not, you know, present because you're worried like what, what appetizers are we going to order at this dinner? Or, you know, it just, it's not living life. Mm, That has literally become such a driving factor for me because I just, in order to, in order to find my balance, I'm one of those people who's had to go to, I, it's like, I first, I find the extreme and then I'm like, oh, that's not really working for me at all. But within that, I find that middle point. And it's kind of like, I view it as just like you said, for you, like, um, the pendulum for me, it's like checks and balances. It's kind of like, if I go, if I overdraft one day, I'm kind of like, okay, well, where could I kind where could I get that back today? How could I fill myself up the next day? Cause I just, I don't, to be honest with you, it's kind of like you hit this point where you just know that you don't have the energy and willpower to come back from those big benders or binges anymore. And it's just so exhausting. Um, so it's, it's kind of like that point where you're like, where can I put more joy in my life that's not around food? Do you ever look at that? Like, where can we maybe pump up your life in a different way and try to focus on experiences? Oh, so much. I mean, I feel like that you just hit the nail on the head because it really, it really isn't about the food. Like, can you get yourself a massage? Can you decide to pull an hour of, like for me, it's deciding that my health is more important than maybe my paycheck Mm -hmm. and taking an hour off my calendar where I would normally see a client and saying like, I need an infrared sauna today. Mm -hmm. Like I need to be done and I need to read like, you know, a chiclet book or I need to, you know, Netflix and chill with my husband and, or, you know, whatever it is that, whatever it is that fills you up, I think you need to make time for that. And that might be hanging out with friends or it's exactly what it is, is experiences. And it's all about enriching your life, right? Instead, instead of this deprivation mindset of like, how can I, how can I strip? How can I disinfect? How can I pull away? It's like, change your mindset how can I just schedule a soul cycle class or how can I, you know, meal prep or maybe you're not even meal prepping. Maybe you just literally go into your, uh, food to grocery delivery app and you actually have someone deliver you groceries. Mm. You know, that's going to help you make healthier choices throughout the whole rest of the week. Mm. I love both of those because it's so important to have that awareness around what you're doing in the food. And it's also important to say, um, you know, am I, cause so much of why I was eating is I'm bored or I'm doing the same thing or wow, the people I'm hanging out with are really not filling my soul. And it's like, those are the hard questions, right? And, or wow, yeah. my schedule is so busy today that you can guarantee the only way I'm going to find joy is on the couch at the end of the night, eating that thing that I can't stop thinking about because I'm so overwhelmed right now. And, and that's something definitely that you just said, you're hel- you're helping me because I'm about to go on a book tour too. So I'm like soaking this all up right now. Like, okay, what can I do to make sure that despite a busy schedule, I'm not leaning on food as that thing that's a crutch and the comfort. So what do you do when you are seeking comfort, comfort foods, uh, when you're having a tough day, what is it that you kind of focus on? Yeah. Um, so I'm a really big fan of the bath actually. I think, um, I know that that's hard to explain, but 
if I come home from a really hard day, or for example, when I was on my book tour and I would have an early morning flight, or I had had maybe a meetup in a specific city and then had to run to the airport and take a three or four hour flight, get back to California. And I walk in my front door and one of the first things that I do, and it's honestly become such a habit for me, is I will walk into my bathroom, start the bath, throw some Epsom salt in there and fill a big glass of water and I'll go in, chill out for a minute. I might, you know, be shopping online. I might be reading a book on my phone, might not even be with me, but I kind of decompress before making a choice. And that has been this, like, it's a stopgap for me. It's like, hold the phone, wait a minute. All of you wants to order a Fresh Brothers pizza right now because (laughs) it was a really tough day, but let's get a grip for a second. Let's try and calm down. And I've been known at the end of the day when I know I need to put an hour and a half in of like extra email time to email from my bathtub on my phone because it doesn't feel like I'm working, Mm. which is not safe. Do not drop your phone in the tub. But that right there has been become like a really, for some people it might be meditation or breath work or whatever, but this is just something that has become a, a habit for me. I'm a water baby, like grew up in pools and jacuzzis and the ocean. And that's just where that makes me happy. Um, and then I have this recipe for freezer fudge, mm-hmm. which is almond butter, coconut oil, sweetened cocoa powder. And then I'll, I'll blend, you know, mix that up, melt it, kind of whisk it up, pour it into ice cube trays. And then I'll take a little bit of monk fruit powder and shake it on the top. And then when I'm craving chocolate and when I need dessert, I have a bite of one of those. And it's a, it's a fat bomb. I mean, it, it, it would be considered a keto dessert. But what it does is it really satisfies me because it really ups the fat. And I have that release of cholecystokinin where I'm just like, okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. It take a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to like actual comfort. Um, I try to lean on soups too here in California or where we are in, in between you're in Santa Monica and I'm in Brentwood, but Kay and Dave's has a mamacita's chicken soup mm, that I, I really love. love. <laughs> yes. It's a Mexican place. It's really yummy. That's, that's, I try when I know that I'm like emotionally craving food, I look for something that's going to physically stretch my stomach and it might make me feel a little extra full right at first, mm-hmm. but because it's a liquid meal, it's easier kind of to break down and digest. And I think over the years I've just made my takeout, I've just elevated it. It hasn't been this drastic thing where I went, oh, I'm never going to have that again. It was, it's more that, you know, our Mexican takeout used to be Chipotle <laughs> and then our Mexican takeouts now and Dave's, mm-hmm. you know, and our, uh, you know, our Italian takeout maybe used to be a little bit like Maria's and now it's La Scala and I can get a minestrone soup and a chopped salad from there. And that's really yummy to me. So mm-hmm. I think it's just looking for those healthier options and you get in the habit of ordering from those places mm-hmm. and you get joy from that instead of, you know, the grindier places. And when it comes to the pizza, I mean, I stock things in my freezer all the time. Like I have the cauliflower cauliflower crust pizzas Mm -hmm. in my in my freezer I have the barely bread bagels in my freezer and bread in my freezer and there are moments when I'm like ooh, I really need to feel like I'm having a bagel and cream cheese or I really need a pizza and if I can make that replacement choice and it hits the spot enough to kill that craving or that emotional need Mm -hmm. I'm winning Mm. I'm so gonna take your advice on the bath and I so feel you on the takeout food and just those those changes over time, small changes over time, um, because I think for a lot of people, it can feel so daunting. But just knowing that if you make these small changes that you're talking about, just these little shifts in what you normally do and still trying to satisfy that craving, but in a little bit of a different way, it's like it really is possible. It's possible to be free. It's funny. We walked by this Italian place last night and I was like, I don't ever crave pasta. Now for me to actually say that is like it's absolute insanity because it's all I ate. It was like, I was a pasta baby growing up. I hated meat. I hated vegetables. I was like noodles or bust. (laughs) And, um, And I really couldn't imagine a life without noodles. And now it's like, I don't even, they're not even a thing for me. Like I actually don't want them. And that is the weirdest thing to realize in your adult life. Like 
I did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such freedom. So I love hearing all of your um, just hacks and these beautiful other ways to enjoy life and that it is so much more it actually is more fulfilling and more enriching and you get to experience more of yourself like when you fuel yourself with this incredible food what have you learned about yourself well I will say that I I have been way more productive in my job and taking care of myself and being and feeling good Mm -hmm. and being present with my friends and my family um I think it just, it's, it's a really powerful thing to get to a place where you feel like you're eating healthfully and taking care of yourself. And then when you do have those days where, you know, Thanksgiving happens and all the sweet potato casserole and pies happen and the next day you're like, oh, I don't feel good. It's knowing the difference of what it feels like to eat clean and feel good versus not take care of yourself. There's so much more motivation to eat clean and to fuel your body with good whole foods than, you know, to end up just eating easy at the airport, you know, at takeout, whatever. Mm -hmm. What is a question that you wish more people asked you? Mm, How to use a glucometer. (laughs) How do you use a glucometer? Um, Well, I just think it's a pretty interesting little tool. I like being a lab rat personally. I like when people take charge of their health and they understand it and, um, and can really hone in on it. And this is a really, really good way to be healthy because you know how your body responds. You start to learn your bio-individuality and it's, I can't think the only way to daily, you know, without, without being sick and being tracked a certain way, it's the only way to really track how your body responds to things. Um, and so glucometers run like $50 and then you can get um, the strips for them and you're testing your blood sugar and there's a little um, lancer which would prick you and you would you know, have basically a little, a little dollop of blood and you put it on, um, on the strip and it's, the strip is connected to the glucometer machine and it's gonna read out your blood glucose level. Mm-hmm. And so a normal blood glucose range you know, in the past would be 80 to 120, uh, fasting being 80. And now the new research is suggesting that a healthy blood sugar level can go as low as 70. So when I'm looking for fasting blood sugar numbers, that would mean that when you wake up in the morning before eating anything, you prick yourself and test your blood sugar. And you're looking for a number between like 75 and 83 is my sweet spot. And then when it comes to meals, you don't want high blood sugar, which would be, you know, going through that 120, 140, 160 range where you're getting into prediabetes and diabetes because your body is always trying to maintain homeostasis. It's always trying to keep your blood sugar balanced. And if you are shoving it up really high every single day with the food choices that you're making, your body's going to still bring it back down. But your life and the way you respond to things and your energy levels and your insulin sensitivity and all of that is going to be affected by the the roller coaster that you have from the food choices that you make. So people can then decide, okay, I'm going to test before a meal and they're looking at like, well, if you're if you're going to have a meal and your blood sugar is at, you know, 110 and you're having a starchy carbohydrate meal, you're probably going to a pretty high blood sugar marker mark, maybe you know, 140, 160 and that's high. Like I like to I like to support my body's natural homeostasis to stay in balanced blood sugar. And I like to see my curve be a little bit tighter and the food choices that I make support that. And it's just, you know, you can have a crazy weekend wine tasting with friends and come back and have elevated fasting blood sugar in the nineties for until Thursday. Mm. And you, and you might not see any changes, but then all of a sudden you jump on the scale Friday and you didn't make any, you know, you just went back to eating regular, didn't make any changes. And you see weight gain, you don't know why. You're like, I was eating healthy all week. It didn't happen right after wine tasting. Well, it might not have caught up with you. And so blood sugar is an indicator of like what's to come. Mm. And I think that it's a really cool tool. Mm, That's so interesting. That makes me want to order one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come over. I'll pick you Amazing. Okay. So if you had a billboard and it's that you couldn't speak anymore, it was the only thing, the only way that people knew you, what would the message on the billboard say? 
love yourself now. Mm. It's so beautiful. So I'm so excited to have had this conversation with you and I'm so grateful for you. And I just want to take a second to acknowledge all the work in the world that you're doing, because I really believe that through your passion, you are freeing people to not only feel better, but to find and live their purpose because a healthy body, a healthy life is so much clarity just to live as the person that you want to be. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me, Lori. The um, gratitude goes both ways. Mm. And I always end on one question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So if you are in an elevator with someone, we have all these elevators and billboards apparently. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're in an elevator with someone and the ride is only like 30 seconds and it's a total stranger and they look over at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? I would say, follow your passion. Don't be afraid of it. Don't wait for it. Don't, don't stop, like follow your truth. And if you're not happy in a relationship, in a career, in your life, you need to make change now because time is only going to keep moving and you don't want to look back and think I didn't live my, my best life. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And Kelly, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we get your book? Yes. So the book is called Body Love. It's everywhere books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Costco, you know, Amazon. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at Be Well by Kelly. Um, my website is www.bewellbykelly.com or kellylevesque.com. Both will take you there. Um, and I'm everywhere on social and pretty much have Be Well by Kelly everywhere. Awesome. And you guys, until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. 
So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to Circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it's just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.